Welcome to an episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Lesbo. I'm your amateur. And I'm your professional. Um, no one else can see this, but when I did my uh, welcome to another episode, Chris seemed to look like he was nodding off. Is that a is that getting dull? <laughs> no, no, show? no. I was trying not to laugh. I don't know why. Oh, okay. just smiley. <laughs> the happy enough. day. Okay, so that was you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if someone else has a, a better way for me to start the show, write in and let me know, and I will try it out. I like this. Okay. I just, I'm giggly. I don't know. That's all right. Long day. That's an okay way to be. Uh, how'd you get all that sunshine, Chris? I went golfing and disc golfing. Oh. In the same day. Nice. I'm exhausted. Wait, at the same course? No. That would have been fun. No, I could have though. Yeah. That would have been fun. Actually watching some of the Utah open coverage. That was last week. Um, on the ball golf course, I was like, I've never played golf there. I've played the disc golf course a bunch, but I've never golfed there. So I was thinking I should take a trip and do both. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I have never done either up there. Well, this was totally unplanned, but now that that came up, the golf, ball golf, disc golf yeah. combo, um, if anyone has run successfully a golf slash disc golf hybrid event, let me know because people keep talking about it. I think it would be super fun. I just want to know a way to make it fair. I've never even heard anybody talk about that. So you play so the like, idea would be like you play nine and then you play the same nine as a disc golf course. Well, you, you would play houses. nine golf holes mm-hmm. and 18 disc golf holes. You add your score together. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's your score. And so, I mean, I was thinking about it. Like my good golfer friends probably beat me by 20 around. Strokes, yeah. Yeah, maybe more. Could I beat him by 20 on a little par three disc golf course? Maybe. Right? Like I don't know if I could cover that. So you get somebody who's like kind of good at both and they just win every time. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Do you handicap it? Do you just say it's doubles and you can take whoever you want. So it's like, you know, alternate shot for both and you can try to stack it how you want. Like, Oh yeah. So you, you pick a strong disc golfer and a strong golfer that. Well, and that's what doubles. I would do. But then in golf, like I could totally screw up my scratch golfer friend and in disc golf, he could totally screw me up. So I'm just I'm trying to find a way to make yeah, it happen. Yeah, but in a, if you're playing decently in a doubles, I guess it depends on the format of the doubles. If it's like every other shot. Yeah, alternate. Yeah, I think okay. it'd be the most fair. Yeah. Because otherwise, the scratch player would carry the other. Yeah. Right. Um, so, it's it's been it's been thrown around in the air in Salt Lake for a while. Yeah, uh, that sounds interesting. So if anyone has successfully done, I'm one, bad at both. So <laughs> I don't know that I would be excited to do that, but I'm really bad at both. But if you could handicap it, it could be fun. I don't like, even own a set of golf clubs. Oh, I that would be that really out. fun. <laughs> yeah. I haven't played. I played, geez, Louise. There was a summer where I was playing a decent amount of golf. Uh-huh. I actually was taking lessons at a course with some friends and um, would play. Gosh, I was probably playing three or more times a week. Uh, never more than nine holes in a day because I was 13 years old. And, you know, that being said, like Tiger was doing 36 at, you know, eight. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not Tiger Woods, nor did I have any desire to be. Uh, so that was the high point in my golf career, and I wasn't great. And I think since then I've played – oh, I've probably been to a driving range half a dozen times, maybe a dozen – maybe not okay. a dozen times. Okay. And I think I've played 16 holes maybe since oh, then. That's respectable. Total. Like not not 16, it's like total. Yeah. So yeah. I probably play. That's not respectable. That's I probably bad. play something like 15 rounds a year. Yeah. I'm not good. That, but it's fun. I play as much golf as. Well. Tiger plays disc golf? No. 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 Because I, 
I'm sure he's he's probably never played disc golf because why would he? Yeah, well that's what I, that's what I thought you were going. Yeah, maybe like yeah I okay I play golf like a like a homeless person is a cyclist. Like you can, you can sometimes get by. They're, sometimes they're around a bike. Yeah, you can get but, by. But they're not a cyclist. Yeah. You know, they're, okay. they're, they've got a train of, of shopping carts full of recyclables to, towing behind them. You would not call that person a cyclist. That person is using a bike. Okay. So okay. I have been around golf clubs and I've swung golf clubs. Uh, but I, I honestly have been wanting to pick up a set of clubs. And then I got super into disc golf and at that desire waned a little bit. Replaced. But yeah, because it's honestly so fun. it's it's a it's a much better bang for your buck investment. I think for me it was. I enjoy both. Yeah, but the amount of money I spend in one year on golf is probably comparable to like five or ten years I spend in disc golf. Oh yeah, because there's we we could have the discussion of you know some people think green fees are an abomination in disc golf period. I firmly am not in that camp. I think it's an important part of growing the sport and helping mm-hmm. the sport to evolve. So I'm all for green fees, but I also love and hope that they never get rid of free parks, like just, yeah. you know, courses in parks. And they're honestly a good use of land that would otherwise just probably not be maintained in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So I think they're they're good for cities and communities to have a good disc golf course. But um, I love that I can just show up and play for free and I don't yeah. have to call and res- make a reservation. And when I do want to go play a pay for play course, I can do that, but I've but I know I'm doing something different, but I'm also getting a very different experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get a cart and, and drive around and that's, you know, that's great. People who drink, they can drink without. If you're legally. Anymore. Yes. Legally. Like, although we're in Utah, which is a very dry state, relatively speaking. Every time I go to open up a trash can on the course, there's nothing but beer bottles and a beer cans in it. Entirely. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm sure there's some other stuff in there, but it is literally overflowing with beer. Yeah, and signs everywhere saying no drinking. Mm-hmm. So that's not very well enforced here. I wonder if there are places where that is more strongly enforced. I don't know. Years back, when I started playing at our local park, Creekside, um, there were undercover cops that would walk the park just like with a little disc bag and write drinking and smoking tickets. Huh. I haven't seen them in five plus years, but they used to do the same thing. I'd see them a couple times a week. Huh. And then people started catching on and they'd like shout across the park that the cops are there. And <laughs> then people would only drink on the other side of the park and haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the appeal. I, I, as someone who doesn't drink, I, I get the appeal of wanting to crack a beer, I guess, wherever you are. Like, but, and I also don't, It's a weird thing. Like in California, you can't drink. On, well, in certain communities, you can't have any alcohol on the beach whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, which I I don't want people getting drunk at the park. And I don't want people getting drunk at the beach. And, and you know, because there's kids there. And, and especially if you're throwing discs and there's a playground nearby and your impairment's judged. Or, or your, your, or your course is parking lot is the school parking lot. Yes, which actually is, yeah, a couple of our courses here. Uh, I certainly don't want people drinking to excess, but I, uh, I'm going to say I've rarely, and like the hundreds of rounds of disc golf that I've played, I've rarely seen someone, uh, drunk. Yeah. Too far. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen 
tons of people crack a beer and maybe two, but I've never seen anyone. I, I shouldn't say I've never. Uh, I think I told the story here when I got a guy busted for drunk driving, leaving a course, and they found a bunch of stolen guns in his car. Did mm-hmm. I tell that story? I don't think so. Really? I never told that story here? I don't think so. I feel like that would ring a bell with me, but <laughs> my memory's all over the place. So uh, It's when the University of Utah used to have a course, and I parked uh, in one of the pay parking lots that you had because it's on campus, so it's just a pain in the butt. Um, and I'm getting my bag out of my car, and next to me is a very, very, very ratty old minivan and just looks like people are, if they're not living in it, they're spending a lot of time in it. And there's a woman in the front seat um, drinking, you know, in the car, and the van's running, like, but doors are open, so it's running. And it's summertime, so I'm assuming, or spring, at least, you know, or late spring. So I'm thinking, okay, this is someone just finishing their beer after the thing. They're sitting in the front seat. They've got the AC on, like, you know, not, not what you should be doing. You shouldn't be sitting in a running vehicle with an open container. Like, you can yeah. get arrested for that. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, no big deal, you know. So I got my bag. And then uh, the the person she was with, this dude, comes over. And then he starts to get into the passenger seat on the van. She gets out and sits in the driver's seat and still holding her beer. And I thought, this isn't good. Literally, my kids don't live far from here. And, you know, this is not a good thing. So I called the, the just the campus cops and said, I don't know if there's something you're even interested in, but here's what's going on. And they said, oh, stay on the line. <laughs> so I'm like just telling them where they're going and like, oh, they're already pulling off. They're, they're gone. But then they pull over by the porta potty which used to be by hole one. I said, actually, they just stopped at the porta potty They're like, oh, okay. And she kept me on hold for a little while as I'm walking like kind of across the course to go start my play. And uh, then I see cops pull up and the, the, the dispatch on the phone goes, okay, they're there. We can let you go now. You know, and they got my phone number if there's any other questions. And I said, okay, no problem. So I, uh, it was a nine hole course, finished my nine holes. And, um, so I, it's like three holes out and then you start heading back to where I could see this van. And by the time I'm heading back, there's now like four cop cars all surrounding this van. And I'm thinking like, oh, this is crazy. So I finish out my nine. There maybe even a couple more cop cars there. And it's time for me to go pick up my daughter from, you know, half day kindergarten. Mm. So I get in my car. I drive past, they're still there, and uh, I get my daughter, go pick up my son at preschool, and say, and uh, notice they're still there. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, um, and then I got a call later that afternoon saying, can you come down to the police station? I was like, what's up? And they're like, "Uh, we just need you to to come down and answer some questions for us. And I was like, okay. So I head down there, and um, (laughs) they say... I'm like, so what's up? You know, where, where's the officer I was talking to? They're like, oh, uh, he's still with them uh, at booking them into the county jail. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh my. So they're like, we just need you to write down what happened, what you saw. So I just, you know, wrote this report of, you know, What'd what you I just said. said. Yes. And uh, I say, well, what happened? They're like, we can't, we can't tell you. But you can try calling the officer. And so I tried calling the officer and left a message. And he's like, I, I can't tell you anything because then that would be witness tampering potentially. It's like. Okay. Wow. So I'm curious. And a couple days goes by and a few more days go by. And I realize, like, wait a minute. There's something called the police blotter. <laughs> so I look online for the police blotter. And right there, uh, University of Utah Police uh, 
arrest suspects. They were suspected of drunk driving, found um, like a buttload of drug paraphernalia and drugs and stolen guns. Oh, my. In the van. And I remember thinking, like, you know, I didn't want to ruin these people's lives by, like, getting them arrested. But when you're driving around with a bunch of stolen guns, mm. it's it's time for some intervention. It's, it's time for something steps. to come in. Yeah, like, I driving drunk is not a good choice, especially in the daytime. I mean, this was, like. Yeah, noon. No, no, no. It was, like, 1030 in the morning, 10 uh. in the morning when I started my round because my daughter was still in early morning kindergarten. After kindergarten, so uh, I mean, it was at the latest, like ten or ten thirty, when oh, I was man. starting this. So, uh, but you know, and even the drug stuff, like I don't know what's going on there. The stolen guns, though, that's a really hard one to. That's a big step. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a hard one to to, to reconcile. My guess that's is not that something they were just, you stumble into. No, no, no. My guess is maybe they were just robbing houses and taking guns along the way. Oh, but. Even so, then you're rob you're breaking and you're robbing guns. I don't, guns I don't know how guns. you. Yeah, you don't end up with other people's guns on accident. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, if it's the type of thing where it's like, ah, I went to the range and my buddy left his his rifle in my trunk and I didn't know it was there and oh my gosh, he's it's reported stolen because his ex wife is disputing it in a in a custody dispute. Like, okay, maybe that that was not this. Yeah, that was not the back of a van full. <laughs> that was not this this little methed out <laughs> caravan. Oh man. So, rough day uh for them yeah i'm sure um and so i found out like i think he did um plead guilty and was in prison did go to prison for it so there was like some other stuff he was on wanted on some other charges and oh, things oh gosh like. so it was it was a good thing that i called yeah it sounds like it yeah huh? um i was pretty new to the disc golf community here too and when i made that call i'm like is this gonna like come back at me are people gonna be like Chad got arrested because some dude at the course called on him. And that never came back because when I found all the stolen guns, I was like, yeah, this is not that. <laughs> but Yeah, that's it's scary to have that even as a concern. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Don't like it. No. no. You don't like guns, period. Not really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, stolen guns not a good thing. No. 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 Anyway, good um, storytelling. <laughs> Thanks. I've never told you that story. I don't think so. That's so funny. I feel like I remember that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like a that's a pretty good disc golf story. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome so, to disc golf. Not sure how we got onto that, but um, I think just drinking. At the, oh, pay to play courses you can drink. Yes. <laughs> full circle. We're back. They they usually have a bar, and you can drink while you're while you're there. Yeah. Um, and you can also have an open container while you're driving a golf cart around. So if you want to drink and drive. Go to a pay-to-play. Do it in a golf cart. Yes. Um, I uh, You mentioned the Utah Open just wrapped up. Yep. I don't follow tournaments, but it's the Utah Open. I'm curious. Who won? Matt Bell. Who's Spoiler. Matt Bell? Uh, he's been a pro a long time. Okay. Uh, plays for DGA this, this year. This isn't going to come up for another week, so if anybody's spoiled with that. Yeah, whatever. We can write There'll spoilers. be two more tournaments by then. Right. SFO will be done. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's on Team DGA this year. Super nice guy. Kind of just hops around, tours when he wants, when he wants. Uh, I think he was last year's world putting champion. Oh, okay. So he's a really good putter, and he just shredded the fort, the wooded course. He oh, was, is that where it was? Is it the fort? It was one round at Mulligan's, two rounds oh, okay. at the fort. And he just made every putt and won by like three or four. Awesome. So who came in second? Rick. Okay. And then wow. I, I don't remember... Three, four, yeah, five, that, that's fine. Yeah. 
But yeah, because I think Ricky was favored to win, right? Is he ever not? Fair enough. Yeah. But congratulations. I, th- I think that's if it would have been three rounds of mulligans, Ricky might have won. Yeah. Because that's very much his style. And you told me that Utah is hosting Worlds next year. Yeah, Worlds 2020, 2020. Ogden, Utah. That is cool. I think the two Utah Open courses are both being used. I don't know if they're doing the third or more. I, I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not I don't know. current. But, yeah, Ogden, Utah is hosting Worlds next year. That's awesome. Big deal. Lots of, lots yeah. of people will be coming. It'll be interesting to see how many of your uh, pro disc golf friends blow us off this time. Because they'll all be in town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to come on the show? Oh, man. Oh, I got to practice. Yeah. It's oh, like we're a, in Ogden. It's a 15-minute drive. <laughs> yeah. Pros, man. What are you going to do? Our stuff's portable. We can bring. Yeah. Oh, man. We'll come to you. Oh, well, actually, we're not home. Uh, uh. You don't have a home. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we're pre shaming everybody. People get busy. Um, so uh, you played some disc golf this week? I did. I went out two or three times, actually, which is weird. Um, probably doubled the rounds I've played this year this week. Yeah. Um, and today I decided it was windy this morning. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get better. So I took a bag of like eight understable-ish discs to go play in the wind. And, okay, we're in Utah. A windy day is like 10. Oh, no, it's not like a Midwest windy day. 10 to 15 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Probably sustained. Gusts That's maybe 20. Windy. I mean, we will have really – we'll have – 30 mile an hour wins occasionally yeah like a handful of times a year yeah. and no one plays yeah so 10 to 15 with like gusts in the 20s yeah my guess and i was like it's windy where Let's were you go. playing creekside okay um so wooded and open kind of both yeah good to kind of get the feel of wind and how'd you do fairly well the course is set up kind of tough right now actually it is um they made a few longer harder tougher whatever um, I got five out of however many holes are in. I skipped the short one by the road, but I got five of them. And I was like, you know, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Made a cool putt. Threw some good shots. I had fun. Nice. Um, were you throwing an understable? Were you throwing a different putter? Uh, no, my Keystone. It's, yeah, because that doesn't make sense. It's straight to understable. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what were you throwing? I took uh, drivers. I took a Thief. That was... My fast one. And then I took two Emacs. I took, I think I took more than I threw. Um, I took a beat up getaway. That was the most overstable I had. Uh, that was the most overstable you had? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, getaway, thief, Emac, Emac, Keystone, Keystone. That might have been it. Okay. Yeah. So, so a lot of, lot of thief, a lot of Emac, a lot of trying to get better at angle control and wind. So like a a real practice round. Like I was actually trying to get better. Yeah. Which I I don't do very often. I usually just goof off and have fun with it because that's why I play. Um, But I was trying to get better and it was kind of fun. It was satisfying when it worked and a couple times quite embarrassing when it didn't. Um, (laughs) There's one. I was probably like 25, maybe 20 feet from a basket putting into a headwind. And I was like, okay, if I putt flat, headwind lifts, so aim at the cage. Right, a little, little bit of push. Mm-hmm. It should go. Uh, I forget that I'm tall and that I put a little bit nose down. So I'm aiming at the cage, putting nose down into a headwind. Just threw it. Five I feet was in front of you. five feet short on a twenty foot putt. <laughs> like it hit the ground, three or four feet in front of the pole. 
And I just looked at it. I was like, huh. Okay. But that's how you, that's. So then I grabbed my other putter and I knelt down and I putted and it went in because then the nose up, it could fly. Oh yeah. But I was like, what a dumb stroke to take in like a sanctioned event. Just not. But that's why you do it together. That's why you do it when it's not sanctioned. Oh man. I was laughing at myself. It was, it was embarrassing. That's good. Sounds like you learned some stuff. I did. Learning. Yeah. Learning is good. Well, and that's, that's interesting because that's not a play that would work for someone who's, you're what, 6'4"? Six, 6'6". Six. Six, six. Okay, 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to underestimate you. I'm 6'1"-ish, six, six, so I'm on the high side of average. Chris is tall. Um, even for me, that angle is going to be quite different. I also don't putt his nose down as you do. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even mean to. It just, but if you're if you're you know five ten, mm-hmm. that wouldn't make any sense for somebody to try to flat. do that. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think I think that is the trick with wind. The windier it is, the flatter you throw everything, because the more you expose an angle, the more screwed you are. Yeah. That's my. That's what I learned. Yeah. Um. Nice. Yeah. Did you play? I did. Well, we played together around, which was really fun. Um, that was a good time. And not really much to report. It was just a nice, beautiful day. I know. It was round. like the first 60 degree sunny day, I feel like. We've had some scattered, but that was just like was, a perfect day. Yeah, and it wasn't wet. It was dry. Yeah. It, the, gra- the, lawns, the grass was dry enough. My, sh- my feet stayed dry. It was a very um, good day. Yeah, it was beautiful. So not much to say other than it was just a really fun day of golf. Um, I went out uh, at least one other time, and it was the morning after a rainstorm. And oh. the grass is very long. This is a Creekside as well. And it's kind of a drainage basin. Yes. Well, all of our courses are drainage basins. Or right by a river. Like that's or both. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and well, that's the land we get to yeah. use, which is it okay. Works. It works. Um, and we get to use it for free, so I'm not complaining. Um, but uh, I thought I was, I knew I wasn't going to play 18. So I thought like, all right, I'll just start over here. So I started off on, I think like 16 or 17 and then played through and maybe I started on an 18. I don't know. Uh, but I was about 60 feet into the lawn when my feet were soaked, like just the grass was so wet. And so, and then I reached a point where I was like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. Wet feet really is hard for me. Yeah. Well, I'm normally, I can be okay with it, but this was just, I was, my feet were soaked and there was no reprieve from like, if I have to step into a Creek or something, or if I fall in a bottle, and then the rest is dry and I can dry out. That's okay. Or if it's just raining and I'm just wet, I can deal with that. But the rest of me is high and dry. Um, my waterproof shoes have worn out. I didn't want to wear my boots to mm-hmm. go play. So I don't have a waterproof, a, a pair of shoes that are waterproof anymore. Uh, so I just wearing my regular Adidas, you know, disc golfing shoes. And uh, they were soaked. I thought like, all right, I'm, mm. I'm done. Yep. I've got some other errands I'm going to take care of. I got <laughs> in my car and I went to go take care of those errands and my feet were itching from the wet socks yeah. so badly that I thought I was going to itch them off the bone. So while I'm driving, taking shoes off, <laughs> taking yep. shoes and socks off. So I did not go do my errands. I threw my shoes and socks on the other side, turned on my AC full blast on my feet. Yep. Been there. Got slightly more comfortable. Yeah. It's, it's so tough. And that's such a fun, I, I've never, I don't know that I've been that bothered by wet feet before. Maybe it was like tight socks or something too. Yeah. I don't know, but it was, it was awful. Yeah. So, Quick tangent. A couple years ago, GBO, tons of rain. Courses were flooded. Like, everything was underwater. And being in Kansas, I had flown. I had bummed a ride into Emporia from Kansas City. Everything's flooded. I was out of the hotel for, like, 12 hours a day, maybe more. Yeah. So wherever I was, I was there. I only had the shoes I had. I only had the socks I had. 
and everything was soaked. So I was in wet shoes and socks for forever. Yeah. And eventually I was like, I have to take these off. So wherever I was, I was just sitting somewhere. I don't remember. And I took my shoes and socks off and put them in the corner. And I was like, my feet have to breathe. I am dying. Yeah. So I can relate. It's awful. Yeah. Well, and it's, you're going there to play disc golf. It's not like, well, I'm going to bring, you know, two pair of sandals and yeah, I'm you not know, you're bringing fill your disc my golf bag. shoes. I'm disc golf shoes, a bunch of Frisbees, a couple clothes. Yeah. And disc golf clothes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's it. So, yeah. Too much water's bad. Yeah. We're not, as a state, we're not quite to that point yet. So, no. no. As long as we're not flooding, I'm okay getting rain. And we're not flooding yet. Yeah. That's so. fair. Yeah, but it's, I mean, the, the, the weather in Salt Lake is great when it's, when it's great. And it's usually like this week. Yeah. Minus the rain. Yeah. It's Um, like three nice days and then two rainy days and then three nice days. I know, but the rainy days make everything green up for a little bit longer too, which is nice. Fair. It's actually, normally our hills are very brown in the summertime, but they're still very, very green right now. It's super verdant outside. Yeah, I guess it was a pretty wet year because we have a super dense butterfly migration. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. it up here. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I guess, due to a wet winter in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And there are just way more butterflies than normal. Oh, no, we had a cra- – the West had a ton of, like, snow and rain over the winter. So we have, I think, our snowpack in most of our basins here is well above 150% of normal. Whoa. Um and that was last I checked, it was like February and we got a bunch of snow in March. So, okay. um, and that's, it's not a tear. I mean, we get basically the same weather system through the Rocky mountains mm-hmm. like all the way down into Mexico. So, or similar enough weather. So yeah, we've got this awesome, uh, I don't know if they're, they used to call them monarch butterflies. I think they changed they're the name painted lady, painted lady or literally, I, th- I think it's painted ladies. Yeah. But they're just orange and black little butterflies, yeah. about half dollar size. And uh, they're awesome. I've seen thousands this week. When I was, my family moved to Utah in 1990. And Weird. the last time we had a big migration like this was 1991. And we thought that was a normal thing. Oh. Just millions of butterflies flying through our backyard. And uh, then the next year I was like, where's the butterflies? <laughs> so See, and I, I moved here in 91, but I was, I was very little. Yeah. So I'd never seen it. And I went outside a few days ago and I was like, what the butterflies? Yeah, there's tons And there was not, not swarms because they're not like locust swarms. No, but it apparently was like, they're actually individual. Like they don't flock. They're pretty, yeah, they're pretty solitary. Solitary species. They're just billions of them going the same direction. The same direction, direction. Yeah. yeah. So I walked outside, I was like, there are hundreds of them. Yeah. Like what the, what's happening? Yeah. I mean, when I, in 91, we had some neighbors had a, but, like got a butterfly net. Their parents went and got them on or something and you could just hold it up. And they'd and fly in. You would get like 20 butterflies in the net. Wow. It was insane. Wow. Wow. So, Water, yeah. Water's good for things. Yeah. It's cool. So the, the, the butterflies are rad. Uh, anybody, I don't know, on this <laughs> longitude is probably getting a similar experience. I would think so. Yeah. Because they, they got a long way to go straight up. Yeah. They go up to southern Canada. Yeah. And then back to Mexico. And how cool. We're, I'm going to get so sidetracked. But they only live a couple of weeks, so they have to like lay off spring while they fly, yeah. so that the rest of them can get there. Yeah, isn't that nuts? That's so cool. And you just wake up, you're like, "Yep, going this way, bye." Yeah, no time to stop. Just got to go this way. <laughs> and then human babies are like just making noises and helpless. They're, they're the best. Okay, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> they are. <laughs> you should have seen my two-year-old bowling today. Um, oh, I was bowling with my family before nice. I came here to record. Uh, I've mentioned before that I am a terrible bowler, but let me show Chris my score because I um, 
Oh, my, my wife just sent me uh, the updated scorecard. Terrible. But, um, I'm an awful bowler. Over under 60 is my line. Uh, that's normally about where I am, like 64 maybe. But this was six frames in. Look at that. I'm at the very bottom. My daughter wanted to give everybody nicknames, so we've all got animal names. Nice. <laughs> so I'm I'm Sea Turtle, but it just says CT. Ooh. That's solid. Yeah. Couple the answer those, is over, by the way. Yeah. A couple of those were helped by the bumpers. Still. But <laughs> I'm worse with bumpers, actually. Yeah. They get I, in the uh, way. But I had a first three frame strike, spare, spare. Yeah. And Se- then 77 with a mark in the sixth frame is not that bad. Yeah. Like that's, that's respectable. Yeah. For me, it was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, That's like 130 f- territory. Yeah. And then my kids divided up my last of my frames. So I don't know how I finished out, but my <laughs> wife said I still won. Nice. Uh, 119. Hey, was my final score. There so. you go. I was way off with 60. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we got an email. Yeah. Hey, Eric. Did we wrap? I think we, yeah, I feel like we had butterfly flights of fancy. <laughs> so they're, I, they're cool. I was excited. I've been excited for a few days. I had to say. They're something. awesome. No, they're, they're, it's really, really fun. First time in my life I've seen a butterfly migration. Yeah. And yeah, it's not, you know, 4 billion at a time, but it's still cool to be like, they, they don't stop. I've, I'm a little bit older than you by a decade or so. And it's the second one I've ever seen. Yeah. See, it's cool. It's exciting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Eric Basile. I think it's buh. See, we, we were the, fighting about this a minute ago. Yeah, the first time that he corrected me, boo-sil, boo-seal. See, so, yeah, now, it, the it, way it. that I remember it is boo is in ghost and then seal like Andre from the seal movie. Uh, but that phonetic breakdown yeah, doesn't look like that to me. Boo-sil. 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 <sighs> Eric, we appreciate you listening to the show. We appreciate you getting a billion other people to listen to the show. Sorry we fight But I am I'm having a really hard time pronouncing your name. I thought it was Boo-Seal. But see, I thought he said that I said it right with Basile. 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 I don't know. Anyway, <sighs> email. All my, right. My question is, what do you find to be more difficult to play in? Extremely wooded courses or open courses with really heavy winds? We'll pause there. Yeah, he's got a follow-up question. Um you can go first, and then I'll give my 10 seconds. I have – we've talked about this before. Utah doesn't really get heavy, heavy winds. Um, Not often. No. We've had two tornadoes in my lifetime. Yep. And and they would be dust devils in the Midwest. Yeah, like – They're like category one tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I, I have been – well, anyway. Uh, I was in Ethiopia, and – Chris just almost choked because of that tangent. <laughs> so in Ethiopia, I was in the uh, um, the uh, great what do they call it? the the Great Rift? There's the Great Rift Lakes, um, a region. It's very high desert. Looks very much like a, like Apple Valley, California, Bakersfield kind of area. Just very dry, very high, and lots of eucalyptus trees. Um, but not at all developed like Southern California is. And we're driving down the Sturt Road to go visit a village that we're on. And um, there are these massive dust devils like skirting the edge of a tornado. And we're just driving straight towards them. <laughs> and I'm asking the guys that are there, I'm like, do you guys get tornadoes here? The the Ethiopians that we're with that spoke English. And they just looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, these things. Do you guys get these a lot? And they're like, I don't, we don't know. 
Nobody knows. I was like, this is this is interesting because tornadoes. My understanding of tornadoes is that they're very unique to North America. Um, oh. But I could be way off on that. But I thought I remember learning that in like elementary school. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because the uh, Great Plains like just produces a weather system. It's so flat, and there's so much wind that comes through, and they create the their heat own. that it can actually have that happen. You can get that cyclonic action without being over water. Interesting. Um, I could be way off on that, but I mean, do you ever hear about tornadoes in Europe or Asia? Or? No. Yeah. Uh, and I, but I think this part of Africa gets tornadoes. They just don't get reported because there's no one looking. Also, in the same area, we're digging some latrines, and um, we're down. We get through about the first two and a half feet of topsoil, and it's very similar. Like if you if you've ever been to like Riverside, California. Um, the dirt there is almost identical. So it's just that hard, okay. like cement, almost like feral cement stuff. And then after about 18 to 20 inches of that, um, 36 inches of ash. Oh. And I look around and I realize, oh, I am in a very flat plain surrounded 360 by mountains with a lot of lakes. Caldera. Yeah. And I say to the guys, are there volcanoes around here? And they look at me like, uh, what are you talking? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> I think, okay, I am in a massive caldera here, and it's a little bit spooky. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's really been studied. Uh-huh. I, I was actually was took a science, uh, the science class I was in the semester before I was there. We talked about calderas and like natural disasters and stuff. It was really cool. So it was very fresh. So it was very fresh in my mind. I was like, this is this is exactly what my professor told me to look for. We never mentioned calderas in the Great Rift Valley. We mentioned calderas in Yellowstone yep. and around the Pacific Rim, but never in Africa. And it's like, huh. I'm a humanities undergrad <laughs> digging a latrine near uh shalabila <laughs> and uh i can't imagine that there's not been an, a, a more qualified <laughs> scientist would... that has noticed this but if anybody knows about the the, the geological <laughs> anomalies of the great red valley i'm curious i imagine somebody knows something yeah but it was like it sounds pretty oh this is this is clear. full-on caldera yeah like and it's just fine ash for at Crazy. least 30 inches. Crazy. Yeah. How did you think of that <laughs> from wind? Just that it's Tornadoes. stirring up ash? Tornadoes. Oh, okay. And I was like, because I've been, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, okay. that, that just made me think of tornadoes. <laughs> Sorry. You were, you were so quick to go there. I was like, there's got to be a strong connection coming. There's got to be. That might be the mother of all tangents on the show. <laughs> Called Dara. That's cool, though, actually. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know what calderas are, they're rad. They are Go to neat. Wikipedia. Calderas are rad. Scary. Yeah, a uh, little intimidating. We won't exist once we Yellowstone goes. Um, no. All right. Uh, wind. So we, Sorry, had an we email. don't get super strong wind here. <laughs> That's where it started from. Um, but when I was out in Nebraska visiting my brother over Thanksgiving, um, that was some legit wind that I was trying to play yeah, in the planes. And based on that one experience, that course would have been the easiest course I've ever played. And this is me. Who's not good at this game. Not that good. Um, if that course were, if there were no wind, that would have been 
an incredibly easy course, especially considering some of the holes were like par five, you know, like 240 feet. Um, uh, I would have been well under par on that course. But the wind was so strong that they were like, it was legit hard to get it in five. And apparently the wind is just always rolling through there because huh. there's nothing to stop the wind for miles. Yep. So, um, I mean, in, in Ethiopia, I could look around and see mountains all around this caldera. There you look around and you see horizon. Yeah. Flat as flat can be. Maybe a 20-foot rise, but it is flat. Um, so based on that, I would say for me, playing in wind is way harder than playing in woods. Because woods, I can at least <clears> – <throat> try to shape a shot mm-hmm. when i'm throwing playing and win that hard i it's just like chuck it and pray i just have no experience <laughs> in it. i don't know how to even play it so um my, my strategy was try to keep it low that okay. was my strategy That's and respectable but that meant my shots were going 60 feet too low yeah so but if I got it any higher, it was like it was just yeah, gone that's what i'm saying you, you know? got to control that angle i know nose, nose angle especially i don't know yeah and i um was not brave enough to try it too much then and there. I, I would like to do some field work in the wind and really mm-hmm. try to figure it's, it out. It's fun. Yeah. It's very different. But, I mean, people were throwing, and the disc was landing behind them mm-hmm. 60 feet yeah. or more. When it's really windy, I'll throw a putter straight up backwards. Yeah. So, like, I'll line up backwards on the tee pad, and I'll throw straight up and see how far backwards I can go. Yeah. It's one of my windy day shots. It's fun. <laughs> Just So, what are you about you, Chris? Wind or woods? Uh, general answer, I think it is totally a product of where you learned how to play. Yeah. So if you are playing in the south, southeast, everything is wooded. In the woods. Yeah. You're better in the woods. You get out on an open course and it's windy and it's like, well, what is going on? Right. If you're learning how to play in Kansas and you're like, oh, windy day, 25 sustained, I'm fine. Yeah. It's just and then you go into it. like a super tight tunnel. You're like, oh, my gosh, I have to hit this. And you yeah. get all tense, and then that's harder. Um, you can't play the wind. You have to play your line. Yeah. So conceptually, okay, step one was general. Step two is concept. Um, I think wind is harder. Um, in the woods, yeah, you have you have a smaller uh, margin, margin of error. Yeah. But it's pr- – okay, my opinion. Well-designed woods courses have a pretty clear line from where you are to where you need to be. And as long as you're in the fairway, there is a fair shot for you to hit. So there's some sort of shape that a disc can take that can be successful. Yeah, I agree. Yield a positive result. Some courses are just tons of trees and it's like kind of make your own. But even then, you can find a way to make it happen. My guess is, right, without ever playing like a super, super wooded course like that, like I've never played in the Southeast Mm -hmm. or or, um, even the Pacific Northwest where it can get super woody. my guess is that courses will eventually break in mm-hmm. that that lines will just appear. Mm-hmm. So my take there is at least you can see what you need to do. And if you don't execute, yeah, like you messed up, but there is a clear path that will work. Whereas super open, super windy, like you can play to reduce error or play into the wind to reduce the effect yeah. it may have. But wind gets very inconsistent Trees stay pretty much in the same spot. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Le- go- leaves fill in and branches will grow and fall sometimes, but they basically stay where they are. And we, I mean, we make the joke that the tree reached out and grabbed it, but they don't. I've seen right? it. I've seen it. So everybody has. <laughs> At one time. Or the iron leaf. That's yeah. funny. Watch the Barsby impersonation of Climo. Um, 
Anyway, in the wind, though, especially when it's wide open, the wind is not like, a, you know, from the ground to 300 feet up, steady 12 miles an hour. It's swirling. It's changing direction. It's changing velocity. It's doing a bunch of weird stuff. So you can play for the wind, right? But it's still unpredictable. So there's no clear, I have to throw it here with this angle to land here. Right, and then ground play even when it's windy. Like oh, yeah. you can land exactly where you want and just get a bad bounce and show plate, and the wind can chuck it. Or, or if it's super windy, if it just lands wrong on a blade of grass, it can still get flipped up. Yeah, and walk away in the wind. Yeah. Um, my favorite windy day shot. I was playing. I think it was the first Utah Open, and Eric Oakley, the man himself, tried to throw like a full turnover distance shot into a ripping right to left wind. Okay, so think about turning a, throwing a turnover into a wind this way, right? Disc is this way, wind is this way. Yeah. It's going to push it down. Yeah. So it didn't work. I mean, it probably went like 300, 350 feet before it hit the ground, but it came down on like this cut angle. Oh, no. Um, starts shooting over on the cut roller like you'd expect from yeah. a thrower. Um, turns around, gets pointing to us, and so now it's cutting into the wind. Still has a ton of pace because he threw it hard. Yeah. And the wind is now holding it up on the ground. So it's on a cut roll coming straight back at us with this wind holding it on that angle. And it ended up probably 40 feet in front of the tee pad. Just center cut of the fairway. It was the best disc golf shot I've ever seen. I love you, Eric. It was hilarious. And we had three holes of people, three groups, just clapping while it was rolling. And it came to rest. We were all cheering. Like, I don't think you could draw it up better than that. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. So wind will do funny things. Yeah. Um, so I think conceptually wind is more difficult because it's not just about your execution, right? There are factors out of your control that are inconsistent. And I think even if you play in the wind, like you live in Kansas, you live in Nebraska, and you're playing You'll be better. constantly, you're good at playing in the wind. Mm-hmm. But the wind is not blowing at the same speed in the same direction every day. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're playing a wooded course and you're playing it, you know, two or even two or three times a week, mm-hmm. there's very minor variations in the foliage and, and yeah. how things are going. And so I think it's easier to hit a line. So even, I mean, even if it's like five different wooded courses, right, they have a line, they have a shape, you have to hit it. You have to control the distance, hit the landing zone, whatever. You'll get good at that. You'll get that touch. You'll get that control. You'll get the placement. But playing in the wind, like, yeah, you can control nose angle, so you can make sure you get a flight. Mm-hmm. You can control, like, okay, well, I have to throw this right-to-left shot in a right-to-left when I'm going to aim at 3 o'clock because I know it's going to get chucked. Yeah. Right? You can you can get used to that, and you can make the changes, but it's still, to some degree, always unpredictable. Now, strong wind in a heavily wooded course. That can't happen. I'm probably just going to go home. Yeah, if that's ever happening, I'm just, I quit. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably just going to go home. That's a really strong That would be so funny, though. Can you imagine? Like super tight lines with like a 50-mile-an-hour crosswind somehow coming through the trees. I've played tight lines with, oh. you know, 15 with 20 to 30-mile-an-hour gusts. And it's Ugh. it's you just have to like say, okay, scores don't count today. I'm just going to oh, have Oh, yeah, fun. for sure. For sure. And then I guess the next level of difficulty is putting, right? Putting in the woods, uh, yeah. like you can straddle, you can reach, you can lean, whatever. Putting in the wind is terrifying if yeah. you're not look on youtube you don't see the many a windy putt? 27 putts in the oh, in the woods but the you do hill? see him in the wind oh god that poor guy <laughs> when you try to lay up from six feet and you can't and one it's behind you yeah you just, yeah and you're throwing the disc upside down like just setting it on the ground basically and, and it's it gets up. up and rolls away yeah. yeah no that's a funny video sorry friend but <laughs> it's funny yeah. uh woods and even Bad rolls in the woods. It, usually, there's something to stop it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some bad shots in the woods, but and again, we don't have super super woody stuff. But our courses weave in and out of the woods mostly, mm-hmm. and um, fairly dense. And even in California, it's kind of there. A lot of them are in and out of the mm-hmm. woods, which honestly, that's what I like. I, it's an, I, I just like I don't know park style is what I call it. I don't know if that's yeah, but where it's um, a mix of open and yeah, choose. it's fun. Um, but yeah, I. The one round I played, or I played two rounds in Nebraska. One was super windy. The other one was kind of windy. Um, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah, I think it's more finicky in the wind. Like you have to be that much better at executing. Yeah. So I vote wind. My guess is arm speed really helps in the wind too. Sort of. I but th- I guess for Eric, it backfired because he, if he would have thrown, if he so would have thrown so fast, it would have, oh. you know stopped i'm so glad i saw that happen <laughs> but, but at the same time throwing harder in the wind means you're risking turnover more because of the higher wind speed under the disc so yeah the safer play in the wind is to throw 70 percent flat overstable just trust a little progress and don't don't get silly all right well eric um hopefully that helped we've got another part Spe- of your question speaking of we're right there yeah. anyway and when you walk up to a huge headwind what is your go-to disc? Mine is a Prodigy X1. If you're throwing the old X1s, I commend you. They are quite overstable and very good in headwinds. Um, my two, I'll call them like super trusty. I was going to say I've never seen them flip, but I've seen them stand up. Never seen a turnover out of them. Um, Lucid X Enforcer, high-speed driver, and a Lucid Justice. Um, just They're so stable, I trust them. The first time, first GBO I went to, I was playing in one of the flex start C tiers at Jones West, and the 18th hole kind of like goes down and wraps around this pond. So you have to, it's like down a little hill. There's a big pond on the right, and then you have to go left to right around the back of it okay. to the basket. And I was somewhere in the middle, like mediocre first shot, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I can reach this with a justice. It's like a 30 mile an hour headwind. And I was like, it's a justice. I'll be fine. Because in Salt Lake justices go 200 feet and left and down and never that's anything what they else do. that's yep. it so i threw it hard or like, if you're me and they're throwing it they go eh, 80 to 100 feet yeah that's they <laughs> don't fly so i threw it hard out over the pond and i was like there's it's headwind doesn't matter it's a justice and out of my hand i threw it hard on a hyzer and it stands up to flat and i just my heart sank i was like if that doesn't work i don't know what to do like i won't get there <laughs> right and it goes straight for like two or three seconds before it dumps hard left and i was like oh okay we're okay but i get why they made this disc now because yeah. these winds are real in kansas and you need something to do that yeah because it, it actually did turn over it, or it, did turn it popped up to flat up. and went straight and wow. i was like what the hell but your shot landed clean yeah it worked yeah it worked but it was terrifying <laughs> I've, i mean here i can't even throw them flat like i try to throw it flat and it's already hyzering out of my hand yeah like they just don't go anywhere so seeing it stand up i just thought i'd broken disc golf like, I don't know what else to do. No, you did what the disc was supposed and to I, do. That was like my first real wind playing. Yeah. I was like, I don't I don't know what else to do. Yeah. That's all I have. So I'm glad it fought back. <laughs> but Lucid X Enforcer and Justice. Um, so that's for Chris, somebody with a fast arm. Uh, for me, I don't have a ton of experience throwing into strong headwind. But um, what's in my bag that I would throw? Um, I, I usually bag, like right now I've got a destroyer in my bag because I, talked about it before i carry an overstable driver as a utility disc for me so i'd probably try that but i don't trust them but what i would throw would be my captain oh that's that's a that's a gamble i'll tell you that they go they're overstable for me 
if but that in makes a, but sense. in a headwind that might bring up the wing speed to where a captain will turn yeah and so i don't know yeah so that's that's the tricky part so maybe that wouldn't then the destroyer would work because yeah. the headwind would help me with the speed yeah but that's um, that's the game we play right yeah so bigger bigger advice than what disc you throw in a headwind is how you throw it throw over stable throw not super high and always throw flat that's the best way to reduce wind impact now tailwind what do you do either weight down go more understable and throw higher and harder the opposite tailwind is fun you can just smash something super flippy really high and it will take a full flight pretty much always that's why simon and wiggins last year the year before were throwing over a thousand feet in the desert yeah because you throw 110 miles an hour straight up into a 60 mile an hour wind it's gonna go far yeah they were losing discs in this dust storm it was too windy they would throw them and they'd be like okay Go find it. Yeah. And there's somebody a quarter mile away like, got one. I got one. It's right here. And they measure it. Like, yeah. That's pretty crazy. Wind wind can do a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, that's where they do the, the, the max distance throwing is yeah. in a big open desert where you But at the same wind. time, when you – God, I'm so tangenty today. Um, when you get up to like a 60-mile-an-hour wind, you have to be able to throw 200 feet high to get a benefit out of it. Oh, yeah. So Jen, Jen Allen, dis, women's distance record holder, was down there with them. And her best throw on the weekend was like 540 or something, whatever's on her record disc. Because um, those guys could throw higher into the faster well, wind. And that was on the day with like a 30-mile-an-hour wind. Oh, okay. Because on the windier days, she couldn't throw high enough. The wind would just beat her down while she tried. So, I mean, just because 70-mile-an-hour wind doesn't mean anybody can go throw 1,000 feet. Yeah. Right, like no, I, no, 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 I, no, I no. probably couldn't. No, I know I couldn't. Right, I'd probably like thirty mile an hour wind. Yeah, I could throw farther. Yeah, sixty mile an hour wind. No, I'd look like an idiot because I don't throw hard enough. Right, so still huge ups to those guys for doing that. But yeah, no, the yes, the conditions were right for a disc to go a thousand feet. Yeah, for those two. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on another day, well. If the wind's gusting a little bit more, it might be, you know, 1,100 feet. If I think the record is 11, high 11s, 1180. Really? Yeah. Oh, is it like 1108? Is that? It could be 1108. What Wiggins is? I don't know. They still stamp that on his disc as the world record holder, so I don't know if, they, if somebody's beat him or not. Google. But if you ask the internet. Yeah, 1108. You know, Keith and. I switched the 8 and the 0. 1108. Yeah, some dude named Keith in Tennessee is throwing 1,200 feet regularly. Oh, for sure. And as soon as this came out, everybody, oh, well, in a 70 mile an hour wind, I could throw 2,000 feet. Okay. Thanks, Keith. Okay, Keith. <laughs> I like Keith. <laughs> Keith. Keith's my new character for just everything that's obnoxious about disc golfers is Keith. If your name's Keith, I apologize because I'm sure, you know, if you listen oh. to this show. Probably cool, but yeah. Uh, oh, What's up, Keith? Funny, funny. Keith. Uh, Keith doesn't realize that cigarette butts don't biodegrade. Keith is the guy who puts dischargers everywhere. Uh, Poor Keith. Keith will uh, cross your your phone number off of a disc and then go sell it. Um, Keith, Keith will sign the basket if he hits it. Uh, yeah, well, Keith will just tag the basket. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, whether or not he hits it or not, Keith will tag the basket. Um, Keith will carve into trees. Oh, Keith does carve into trees. All sorts of crap. Keith doesn't have good handwriting. No. 
Keith picks fights and forums online. Um, yeah. Keith won't help you find your desk. And either that or he'll put his bag on it and then pocket it. Mm hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Write in, let us know what else Keith will do. Don't be like Keith. <laughs> I want to know all the horrible things. Seriously, I'm putting out a call. I want to know some of Keith's bad habits. Keith will pick your disc up out of the fairway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith, yes. And when he's, on a, when he's playing on a different hole? Yeah. Yeah, Keith will just snag your disc. Yep. Yes. Keith will steal your disc when it's in bounds. Absolutely. Keith will throw out a playground full of kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 Keith will... Uh, Pee in the grass oh. by the same playground. <laughs> Keith far. doesn't own a leash for his dogs and they don't listen. Yeah. 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 I'm getting sad. <laughs> All right. Oh, the Chronicles of Keith. Um, <laughs> Not a segment. Uh, well, thank you, Eric, for writing in. Um, so, yeah, there it is. Overstable. Throw something that you're confident with overstable. Throw yep. a flat. If you're ever worried, go as overstable as you can. Yeah. Um, and for people with low arm speed, that's why it's good to have an overstable driver in the bag. I don't throw my destroyer thinking that I'm going to get it far. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's a good utility disc. Like we've got it, you know, if I need it to go 200 feet and left, I've got that. And if I do come across a weird headwind or something, I can try to throw my destroyer and see what goes, you know, where it goes. So um, I, I used a boss for the same thing for a long time. Um, any, any, whatever you're comfortable yep. throwing over stable. Um, I should probably put a boss back in. I like my bosses, I think, more mm -hmm. than my destroyers. But then they're more understable than a destroyer, right? Yes. Yeah, quite a bit. Mm, at high speed. Yeah. Yeah, at low speed, they're probably comparable. Yeah. And but I don't throw high speed. But on, on the speed note, kind of so tangenty. Okay. Whatever, it's fine. I was wrapping up. Um, we still can. On the speed note, just because you don't throw fast doesn't mean your escape or your, you know, overstable disc to you is going to hold up in a headwind, right? If you have a 30-mile-an-hour headwind, that's adding 30-mile-an-hour wind speed to your disc. Yeah. That's like, I mean, say. If you're throwing 60 miles an hour or 30 miles an hour, you're throwing 60 now. Yeah, or and that's like average 60, pro. You're 90 now. So it's going to fly how it will for somebody who throws way farther yeah. than you. So it wouldn't hurt to grab a disc that without a headwind is like totally seemingly useless to you. Okay. Because if you ever have that big headwind and you're like, I only have an escape. So there's your pro tip and for it your could turn over. Throw pro tip disc, disc way up. If you're playing with anywhere with wind, bag disc a disc up. that is seemingly too overstable for you. And I, I recommend if you got the room in your disc, just bag one anyway, because they're a good utility disc. Yeah, it's good to have. Yeah. And I, sure. I don't have a great backhand, but I do have a patrol in my back yeah, for the same that's reason. Utility. You've seen me use it as a utility disc and yeah. it does you, you said backhand, you meant sidearm. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Left to right shots. Yes. Yeah, I don't have a good sidearm, mm -hmm. but I do have a disc and that will do that. And it works wonderfully. Yeah. It really does. It fills that niche for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, Oh, remember that, that weird roller shot that I made Oh, up? my God. Yes. I did that again the other day, and it, and it works pretty well. Yeah, with that disc. Story time. Gavin was 80 feet away from a basket, bunch of trees in the way, open left to right with a little bit of guardian at the end. And I was like, you know, I'd probably flex like a sidearm slammer and try to hit that four-foot gap and just scoot up close. And Gavin steps up with a chariot. Chariot. Chariot, infinite mid-range. 
and he throws an almost standstill backhand roller that went. No, it's standstill. Yeah, standstill. <laughs> step through, I guess. Backhand roller that went exactly 70, 80 feet and finished like 10 feet away. And I was like, I don't know how you put down a roller that soft on that good of an angle. So the next hole I tried like four times, literally went everywhere. I turned a couple over, a couple went 300 feet. Two of them cut rolled 75 left. Like I, I couldn't do it. It was super cool. Yeah, I, and I don't, I didn't know that was a weird thing, but it felt pretty natural and it worked. It was, it was very impressive. But that's the disc. I tried it with a couple other discs, and it's not as predictable. But I did this basically the same shot in a similar location. So cool. And it works. So cool. Yeah. So, so. somebody, how short of a successful backhand roller can you throw? Because Gavin killed me in that contest. <laughs> killed me. It's like, it's like a race to the bottom. It's impressive. It's a touch shot, and I couldn't do it. I tried. I, I probably have a little more finesse than you do, though. Like, you're you're more practiced than I am, and you're a better disc golfer than I am. But I think in the finesse shots, sometimes I, I do okay in the finesse. I'm yeah. good at getting myself out of trouble. Yeah, and that's also great to practice. Just but that's a that's just a weird. I that's something I never even thought about doing. But it just seemed like. I've got a basically. I've got a coin slot between some trees that I can get this disc through. I'm gonna hit it. I'm not gonna go through flat. If I try to get this disc flat, it's gonna yeah. turn into it or or fade into it. You know, it's gonna hit one tree or the other. Mm-hmm. It, it's just not, or it's gonna end up in the river. Um, so let me just try to roll it up this coin slot. But I cannot throw a long roller to save my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've occasionally gotten lucky with a thrower. Thrillers are good. But they weren't – I didn't intend them to be a thriller. You know, it was a shot that I was trying to throw well, flat that turned over. By definition, thriller means unintentional. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they kind of go in the general direction that I was hoping it would go. But, um, you know, people that can lay out like a nice big roller and, and get an extra 200 feet on it, mm-hmm. nope. Can't do that. It's funny how that works. I can flick roll a little bit. And you would fl- – you flicked rolled. You would have flicked rolled in this yeah, instance. Yeah, it worked. But I can't control those as well as I can just this one to get it – just gets it down quick and, and he, dies. He, he kind of threw it like he was flicking a playing card. If you ever throw him playing yeah. cards, that's kind of how he threw it. Yeah. And it was so good, and it was it was cool. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of fun. Yeah. It was I'm a at, long episode. We're I'm, almost I'm an hour. out of tangents, I think. <laughs> We're at 58 minutes right now, Chris. That's kind of long for us. Closing the emails. Yeah. Out of tangents. It's the butterfly effect. You know, we just talked about butterflies and then we just got on a bunch of tangents. Um, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for uh, Eric for writing in with the questions. Everybody else that writes in and supports the show, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you for telling other people about the show. Um, our listenership has jumped considerably in in the last few weeks and it's fantastic. Yeah. So um, we really appreciate it. Uh, write into us, proamdiscgolf at gmail.com, facebook.com slash proamdiscgolf. And um, Instagram, Prom Disc Golf. Instagram, Prom Disc Golf. And until next time, keep throwing plastic. Cheers.